Hi, and welcome to episode 14 of Hardcast, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player with your hosts, Root and Freckleface. Say hello, Freckleface. Hi. So what's going on? We got uh, what's up in this game. We're talking about what's going on in game, out of game, what's going on with Blizzard. We got some uh, greetings and salutations. We are going to uh, look at some email. And what's our main content this week, Freckleface? We're going to find out if we are addicted to WoW. Well, you know, you might as well face it. You are addicted to WoW. And then we're going to go on with some tips of the week. You've got my auction house tip of the week. We have Freckleface's Fishing for Wishes and her pronunciation ponage. So first of all, we'd like to thank you for listening to the HearthCast podcast, making it what it is, the critically renowned, globally, uh, oh, I don't know, podcast that it is. Uh, shout out to our guildmates on the faces of Azroth over on the Gorgonash realm, and a special shout out to Meatwad, you loud and funky kicker. You know what we mean. Watch out for Batman. He's out to steal your friskies. So check out our <laughs> website at www.hardcast.com. You can always email us at contribute at hardcast.com or use our submission form over on the website. If you want to get a hold of us for any kind of shout-outs, questions, comments, or just to make fun of us. You can always find our show on iTunes. And if you do find it on iTunes, give us a way to go and tell us on uh, iTunes, and you can always call our ACN hotline. It's a phone that you can call and leave a voice message on, which we will then replay on the show. That number is 321-558-7637. So, Frackleface, what's going on with you this week in the World of Warcraft? Well, I got a very special achievement this week. What's that? It's called the Breadwinner. Breadwinner. It means I have officially earned 10,000 gold. Solely in quest rewards. That's awesome. Yeah, and what I've been doing this week is I've been going back and doing the level 70 quests that I've missed. Because, you know, when I came to Northrend, I started over in Berean Tundra. And I've been going back and doing the Howling Ford quest. Right, you started on the opposite side I did. I started in Howling Ford. Right. And what I found is that, you know, the, the quests don't give as much gold as they do level 80 quests. But at this point, all I'm left doing is dailies. Right. And it gets a little tedious. Well, sure. So, go- so going back and doing level 7 quests, there's less reward, but you get them done a lot faster. It ends up being about the same amount of money per hour, plus it's a little more interesting. Right. Plus you also get to experience some of the game content that you, you know, glazed over the first time because you never, you just, you know, you're dying to get to level 80 at that point. Well, what have you been doing in Game Root? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, well, you know, doing some dailies and uh, got exalted with uh, the walrus people. Ooh. And then got my fishing rod. It's your fishing pole. It got, is epic, isn't it? It is an epic fishing pole, and, and I, I love to show it off in the Dollarand Fountains as I fish for coins. i tell you what I like to do. What do you like to do? I like to get in duels with my fishing pole. You know, I haven't done that yet, but I did notice that my that my fishing pole has a higher hit rating than one of my daggers. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't like that. I also like to fist fight in duels. But you're a rogue. That's natural. I know, but not very many people have that 400 um, hand, whatever, hand weapon skill, unarmed skill. That's true. And you do. 
which I is do. So I actually hit people scary. pretty hard. You do. So hey, Frankovitz, I know you've tried both the uh, Horde and Alliance Mountain Dews. I have, and it is Horde for the win. You know, I agree with you. I've tried them both. I've got you know them both here uh, on my desk. Just you know the ones I've not opened. Uh, the other ones I tried with my son. Of course, he liked them both. Uh, I couldn't really, didn't really care at all uh, for the alliance. Um, but you know, I did get my battle bot, and I know you got your battle bot too. There, battle bot is fun. It is, and for those of you don't don't know how to get to battle bot on your loading screen when you first you know open up uh, launch World of Warcraft and it has your little splash screen there. All you gotta do is go over to the Blizzard Battle .net page. And get you BattleBot. They might make you sign up for BattleNet or whatever the case might be. I'm already signed up. I've already linked to my account. I've already got my little uh, authenticator. So I'm good to go. I went there, got my BattleBot. And the cool thing about it is if you visit the little Mountain Dew, uh, or rather, uh, not the Mountain Dew site, but if you go visit the Battle.net site on a daily basis, you can pick your little fuel, whether it be Alliance or, well, actually red or blue fuel for your BattleBot. And when you're in major cities or wherever... If you fuel your battle bot, if there are battle bots that are fueled with the light-colored fuel, in other words, if there are other red, if you fill yours with red, if there are other red ones around, then they'll team up and fight anybody who has blue fuel. And it's a lot of fun. You know, I went over there. Everybody was queued up waiting for winter grass the other day, and we loaded up and got probably seven or eight uh, little skirmishes going with battle bots. And it's just something to pass the time with. We're going to be talking about pets a lot next week. And uh, one of the things is that there's so many pets out there that you can only get for a certain window of time. So whenever you see something in WoW that says get your pet now or it's a holiday that comes up, you know, take advantage of that because it might not, it might be another year before you get a chance to or it might not ever come again. That's right. So moving on to email questions. Uh, if you do want to email us, of course, as I mentioned before, you can always send us an email at contribute at hearthcast.com. You can use our website submission form or, better yet, give us a call at 321-558-7637. So jumping in here, this is a two-part question and a PS, so there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, it's from a character named Mitz, and Mitz says, first of all, Root, you're always talking about macros and your macro guide. In fact, I even requested it the other day. However... Since these macros act more like programs, in my opinion, such as having the game cast a series of spells in one click, are these macros legal in a game? We all know about the guy who got banned from the game only for using a programmable keyboard to do things faster. I, it seems as though this toes a fine line between the shortcut and the illegal bot. Just wanted to know before I used these and got booted. First of all, I don't have anything that casts a series of spells on one click. You can't do it in the game. So it's not anywhere near cheating. These are all legal things. Uh, Blizzard provides us the macro language. Therefore, all the macros I have are completely 100% legal. And no, you're not going to get banned for using macros. Uh, macros, all they do is simplify the game. They make tedious tasks that you do or repetitive tasks that you do just a little easier. Nothing is done on a single click. You have to repeatedly press the button if you are doing a cast sequence uh, you have to hit if you can, if you have it on your nine key then you have to hit nine however many times you have the sequence so yeah it's not a one click walk away and you come back and something's dead that's that'll not happen at least not with my macros or anything that i do because like any good wow player i don't break the rules 
Going on, second, Root, you always say that you like to call stolen or hacked accounts as compromised because the only hacked accounts you know of are keyloggers, and you see no point for a hacker to install keyloggers and steal the info for the sole purpose of messing around with the account and hell-raising. When I look at it th at that way, then yeah, that is stupid. But more often than not, these programs installed in a way of corrupt links and WoW forums or corrupt websites. What the hackers then do is they monitor the activity until they find a username and password. They log in, change the password, and then go do one of two things. Steal all the gear and send it to a character that is part of a gold selling ring, or keep the gear and characters then sell the account. Both are very illegal and very profitable. Uh, that's from, that's from uh, Mitz, by the way. Y you know, again, it's, it's still not hacking. It's still compromising an account, whether or not you get you know a keylogger on a system or have somebody follow uh, some type of corrupted link or whatever, which isn't valid in and of itself because the link actually works, therefore it's not corrupted. Anyhow, whatever way they get the, the information on there, you're still not hacking anything. You're still getting, you're still compromising an account by sealing a username and password. And the bottom line of this whole thing that I'm going to put to rest right here and right now is for less, less than $7, that all goes away. You just get the authenticator. It gives you virtually unbreakable, secure uh, way to log in to the World of Warcraft. It requires now your username, your password, and a one-time number generated by an algorithm that nobody else in the world knows but you and Blizzard. So, you know what? Yeah, it's compromising your account. It's not hacking. And for less than $7, you can prevent the compromising. And I'm going to rest my case on that. Love the show and keep it up. Thanks. P.S. Root, again, thanks for the auction house advice. You're welcome. As I said before, I have 300 gold and change. Cool. As my 22th, as my main. All right. This is in, in part because of you. Thanks. Some of the credit goes to the dude who soloed me through the dead mines. Hey, that's nice to have. And then gave me a bunch of Tiger Lily and the like. Uh, level 80 herbalism. Enchanting and mining stuff to sell. Thank you, random dude. So... Yeah, I'll know, second that. Thank you, random dude. Yeah, you know, random dudes are good to to have in game. I've done that before too. When uh, when I find out somebody is like, it's not an alt, and they're brand new to the game, and they're like absolutely clueless, and you can tell they're not just kind of messing around, but they're actually really brand new to the game. It's like here, I don't give them gold. I refuse to give them gold, but I'll give them something. You'll go go learn the auction house, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's the way to go on there. So, you know, my favorite way to help people now is by. Um, taking them on my mammoth. Oh, that's right. You have the mammoth that you can carry people on with because you're I like, do. you have all the pets in the game or something now. I feel, no, because I paid 8.5 thousand gold and got Exalt of Ascent of Hodri. That's how I got the mammoth. Okay, we have all the mounts in the game now then. I feel so helpful. I really do. Because someone was in Trade Channel wanting to know, level 47, wanting to know how to get to Burning Steeps. So people are like, oh, look at head or you know, other crude responses. But, you know, I I met him on Loch Modan. I took him on my little mammoth. I went down through the gated areas in Samaroga. I pick-locked the door, you know, drove through the tunnel, pick-locked the other door, drove him to the little flight plan. And it was so much easier for me to help out someone than trying to follow them and having them aggro everything, for one. And it's just so much easier for them just to, like, hop on, and they're just chilling. Plus, it's faster. It is faster. I mean, I'm going much faster than they can at their level. Not only that, but like you said, they're not aggroing anything because you're just cruising through town. You're not bothering anything. And 
you know, one of the things I hate, whenever I was looking for something in the World of Warcraft as I was leveling, I would ask somebody, hey, how do I get to wherever? And they came back with, like, the Atlas answer, like, well, you go here, you go there, you go here, then you run through there. I'm like, I don't know where any of that stuff is. You know, what I was really looking for is when I would say, hey, how do I get here? Well, I was looking for someone to say, let me show you. And, oh, yeah. And they come down. But you know what? That's awesome with the mammoth that you can do that because, you know, bonus, someone just had their, their entire night made, you know, because you rode – gave them a ride or whatever it is to uh to wherever they need to go oh yeah and he promised me when he was 80 he would give me a ride around and nice um the last time i checked i think three days after the fact he already leveled up like five levels so hey that might come to happen pretty soon you're keeping tabs on this guy huh exactly all right so let me ask you a question freckle face okay how would you know if you were addicted to wow well if I I don't I don't think I am, mm-hmm. but I I think I know people who are. In you know, the denial, they say. Okay, this this is this is this is how I think people are addicted to WoW. This okay. is how I this is how I do it. Okay, if you have more than level more than three level eighties, three or more, you might be addicted. <laughs> it's just like the comedy series. You might be addicted to WoW. <laughs> All right. Oh, I really didn't go down that route. Anyways. <laughs> If you use Leet Speak, you might be addicted to WoW. Ver- no, verbally. Oh, verbally. verbally use, like like Rafflemal. Yeah, it's like Rafflemal, or you say QQ. Like I think if you ever have told someone in real life to stop QQing, mm, you I think might you might be addicted to WoW. Yeah. So is that it? You have three level ladies, and you you lose you use uh, acronyms in speech. No, okay. if you ever go on YouTube and look for Warcraft videos or make Warcraft videos, you might be addicted to WoW. Might be addicted. And lastly, if you are an official forum troll Ooh. on the Warcraft forums, you might, you might be, be addicted. addicted to WoW. What, but I don't know. What 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 do you think? I think you've done a little research on this. I have done some research. In fact, I used to teach a class on computer addiction, on internet addiction, and on gaming addiction when I taught. You, t- at, you at, taught a whole class on that? Yeah, there was a weekend seminar uh, at a college oh. that I taught for uh, for parents actually for to see you know hey these are signs and symptoms to see if your child uh, is addicted. And it started off with like computer gaming, and then went to internet, and then it was internet gaming, and they're all very very similar. As far as signs and symptoms to look for. Now, one of the things you know that you got to say is I am not a licensed professional, mm-hmm. uh, but this is taken from other research that's been done extensively in this subject area. So it's not my work per se. It's just stuff that I have have modded and, and seen and have experience uh, with over the years. Um, well, let's hear it. All right. Well, and and you know this is one of the things that you make it make a mental checklist. Uh, whether it be yourself or somebody else. And again, this can be, you know, something that that is either, uh, you know, you're addicted to World of Warcraft or any type of of typical online or video type environment. Um, A lot of the signs and symptoms actually mimic drug addiction or other psychological addictions. Oh, that's scary. It, it really is, actually. It, it is a scary. I mean, we, we joke about it. You know, you might be addicted to the wow we have, but it it really can be a, a, a problem, a serious problem. So some of the stuff to look for, whether it's in yourself or somebody else, make that mental checklist as we go down here now. If you have postponed or canceled an event in real life, 
to be in the game. In other words, you've told somebody you can't make it somewhere or you, you know, hey, I was going to go out to dinner with some friends, but I canceled those plans because I need to be in game. That's just, you know, that's an issue there. If you have intentionally called in sick or missed work to be in game. Now, this one has a little, I put a little star beside it because a lot of people who aren't necessarily addicted, but when the new new game content comes out, they'll plan a vacation or some days off around that. And I don't consider that an addiction. I consider that just wanting to get into the new content. So is the difference um, your work performance suffering right? as yeah. opposed to something that's planned and something you can work around? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, have, you have become more concerned with uh, your friends' interactions in the game uh, than anything going on in a broader life. In other words, you, you might have a buddy in game who's actually going through a divorce or whatever, but you're more concerned that his 80 got an epic drop somewhere. So that's that's an issue there. Uh, gameplay over four, over four hours a day is an issue. Every uh, day or just one daily. day? No, that's daily. That's per day. That's like if you have to sit down, you're going to play more than four hours every day. That's That's an issue. You have gained or lost significant weight during uh, due to play. So you're in front of the game for, you know, more than four hours a day. So you've either lost weight because you ain't eating right, or you gain weight because you're sitting down and you ain't eating right on there. Uh, you have disrupted your sleep patterns to play. In other words, you go, you know what, I'm going to take a nap now uh, because I know I need to be up at 2 a.m. to do this raid with the group, and I'm going to be up till from 2 until 8, so I better get some sleep now. So, yeah, that's an issue there. Uh, you've ever played at work? And, again, I put a little star by this one because I have had um, planned days at work where we all brought our rigs in to play. Back in this day, it was EverQuest, but we had a planned day that this is what we're going to do this day. Uh, we had a – basically, the issue there was our boss had given us the day off, and we all decided to come in and bring our gear into the office and use the – uber high-speed internet connection there to all get online and play together. So that's different. What this is talking about is you're sitting down at the office and you're actually playing World of Warcraft instead of, you know, doing your work. And not logging in to check and see if your egg hatched. No, that's different. And, that, you know, that's just, and I do that at lunch, so it's no big deal. So there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you have avoided phone calls from your friends. You know, the phone's ringing, you look down, you're like, oh, that's Johnny. Oh, I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm going to stay in game because I know Johnny's just going to ask me to, to, you know, go out down to the pub or something. So you avoid those phone calls. That's, that's a pretty significant deal there. You have ever lied about the amount of time that you play. So someone says, hey, how long have you been playing? And you've been on there for that four hours. You can go, oh, I just got on like a few minutes ago. Yeah, that's a serious sign right there. Now, these next are pretty serious. You have noticed that the computer or video game use is characterized by intense feelings of pleasure and guilt, which means that you really, 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 really like and you just have an enjoyable time playing the game, which is, you know, it's a game. And then if you ever aren't in the game, you feel like super guilty because you're not in the game. And what are your guildmates doing? And oh my gosh, I've got to be there because I've got to help them because they need me. Yeah, there's an issue. You have ever obsessed about being on the computer even when not connected. Now, at my high point when I was addicted to EverQuest, or EverCrack as we called it, of course, 
we used to plan during our work day what we were going to do. So it did get to an obsessive point where we were planning, you know, during the day at work, what, what, what we're going to go do. Because our group, like I said before, we met at work at one time. We all played in the same guild. We all worked together. So we were constantly worried about that. Uh, you have ever experienced feelings of withdrawal, anger, or depression when out of the computer or involved with whatever's going on in the game? And your relationships with family and friends and your performance at work or school have suffered directly because of that. So these are, like I said, you can make these, a lot of these signs and symptoms mimic drug use or any other uh, psychological addiction that you might have. Now, the thing about game addiction is that it's even problematic for kids. Because in, in this, I'm not going to sound, I don't want to sound political or going like I'm some kind of like a rant, but in today's society, most of non-school hours by kids are spent in front of the computer playing video games in front of the TV. Because the generation of today, a lot of the generation, not all the generation, but a lot of the generation of parents today are using computers, video games, and a television set as electronic babysitters for their kids. What is happening? Now, my wife is a school teacher, so there's a little credibility going on here. Kids are falling asleep in school because they're up uh, excessively, you know, excessive hours because of the gameplay. They're not keeping up with their assignments because of the gameplay. Their grades are worsening because they're not keeping up with assignments because they're falling asleep in school because of the gameplay. Then they start lying about the computer or video game use because the grades are worsening because they're not keeping up with assignments because they're falling asleep in school. Then they'll choose to, you know, use the computer or play video games rather than going outside and hanging out with their friends. They would rather spend the time in front of the computer. They start dropping out of other social groups like clubs or any kind of sports they're doing because they're choosing to play computer games and then they lie about it because their grades are worsening, because they're not keeping up with their assignments, because they're falling asleep. And then they start getting irritable when they're not playing a video game or when they're not in front of the computer. They start getting bored of something else is going on. They're all, well, it seems kind of like a cycle. It's a huge, vicious cycle. Well, kids, and this is not just for kids, but it is problematic. And that's that cycle you see with the kids. And by kids, I'm talking about elementary to middle school. Once you hit about high school, you know, you can still see these things. In fact, you can see these, you know, replace school and grades with work performance, and you see the same thing. But it is a vicious, vicious cycle that happens because, I mean, bottom line of it is you've got, you know, 20, 30, 40 people in a game who are praising you for whatever you just did, and that is, is a sense of euphoria. It's a euphoric feeling you get because you're getting all this praise from people. And so people get addicted to that, that good feeling. And so, Plus, it's an escape from your real life. It it really is, and there are also some uh, some physical symptoms that can point to addiction. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Now, I laugh at these because a lot of these are actually for computer programmers as well. That means you're working too much. Carpal tunnel syndrome when your hands just hurt so much from from being in that same awkward position. Uh, get an ergonomic keyboard that helps. Sleep disturbances. You're not sleeping right through the night because you're thinking about stuff the entire time. You have back aches. You have neck aches. You have headaches. Your eyes are dry. You don't eat regularly or you neglect your personal hygiene. 
you don't wash your hair, you don't brush your teeth, you forget to shave or whatever the case might be. So these physical, you know, manifestations of the addiction tend to come to the surface. And a lot of that you see is what you see in, if you look at Hollywood and Hollywood portrays your typical gamer as the little greasy haired zit faced kid you know, who might be a little couple pounds overweight. And you get that because of all these psychological and physical symptoms that will manifest themselves. So going over this mental checklist that we did, you might have said, wow, that's me. I, yeah, I've done that. Holy cow. How, you know, gee, I scored a 7 out of 10 or whatever the case might be. There are things that you can do about it and things that you should never do about it. What we're going to talk about first is what not to do about it. And the first thing you don't ever, ever want to do about it is ignore it. Uh, something that my grandfather used to say is that the only thing that goes away if you ignore it are your teeth. <laughs> you know, so the problem just gets worse. If you ignore it, it doesn't go away. You can't tell yourself or anybody else or you can't accept the excuse from anybody else that, hey, I got this under control. I just need a little more time. As soon as I get to 80 or whatever, no, you deal with it right then and there. You can't. You also cannot quit cold turkey. Some people say they can, but that's like one of the worst things you can ever do. The human mind itself is driven by pleasure. We are pleasure-seeking creatures. If you just up and quit, the mind simply seeks out something else that will provide it with that same level of pleasure. So you end up just swapping out one addiction for another. Also, what not to do about it is think that you can handle the situation on your own. Again, it's your mind playing the tricks on you. It's the whole justification trick. You know, if I clean the dishes, then I can play for a little bit. So you can't think you can handle it on your own. You want to get some help. Because the fourth thing that you don't want to do is think that you're alone in your situation. Now, there aren't... There aren't a whole lot of experiences in what we call life that are unique to one person. Other people have been and currently are exactly where you are and are dealing with exactly what you're dealing with. And there are tools that exist to help you. So we talked about what not to do. We're not going to ignore it. We're not going to quit cold turkey. We're not going to think we can handle it on our own. And we're not going to think that we are alone in our situation. So we need to see what are we going to do about this whole thing. Now we've, we've, we've come to the conclusion that we may be addicted to this game. So what do you do about it? Number one, you admit you have a problem. Just like you were in, in the beginning of this whole thing, uh, Freckle Face, you said, oh, I'm not addicted. So you got to admit that you, you have a problem. Are you saying I am? You, you very well might be. Depends how many check marks you made. I don't know. That's between you and yourself. Oh, but okay. once you admit you got a problem, that's step number one. Number two, you have to attempt to impose self-limitations. And Freckle Face, I'm going to let you handle this one because you did this, and it was something I had never considered even doing. I did. I um, found that I, when I was at home, I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do when I was at home. And I was, it was just kind of this cycle of I would do it, and I, but I wouldn't procrastinate. You know, I'd think, oh, I just log on and wow for a bit, and then... You know, three hours go by, stuff wouldn't get done. And then because I was stressed about stuff not getting done, what do you do? You go back in the game where you don't have to think about it. So what did you do about it? Well, I actually used the parental controls in WoW to lock myself out for at least, um, you know, business hours. 
so that I kind of set up my mentality, okay, working day, I need to be productive and getting stuff done. All right, so I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. Okay. You set up the parental controls. I did. Couldn't you just unset them? I could have, but it generated a random password, a separate from your regular WoW password. It wasn't something that was easy to remember. And also, it takes, if you change it, it can take up to about a half an hour to, um, to uh, recognize the change. So if I were to have the thought, I want to play WoW, what I'd have to do is go into World of Warcraft, get my, no, go into my email first, get my password, log on to WoW, change my parental controls, wait for it to update, and then be able to log in. So it just became more of a hassle to log in than anything else. Right. And what it eliminated was just like a lot as just the launching of that game without thinking about it. Because that was my biggest problem was just I'm at home, nothing going on. I would think of something wow related and it would want me it would want make me want to jump on a wow. Sure. So once I got out of that mentality of just being able to jump on anytime, then it really helped me. And I was still playing every day, you know, I guess still I guess still did my dailies and whatnot. It just um wasn't affecting me too bad. So that was you were able then to impose self limitations using some of the tools that Blizzard has provided. I was, yes. So the next part is that you want to schedule yourself something else to do with friends. For instance, go to the gym, go to the library, go on a bike ride, go to a park, go to a mall. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the key thing here is that you're actually doing something else away from the house. And, you know, it doesn't have to be away from the house. You can have your friends over and, and play a different game or interact socially with them somehow. But, the, you know, the big thing is you schedule yourself something else to do. Going back to the fact that our human brains are pleasure-driven, you can substitute that, ple- that pleasure uh, factory with something else. So now you take away you know, all the time you're spending in World of Warcraft and you find something else to do that's pleasurable uh, with your friends. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, you and I were having this conversation with the guild member who was wanting to quit because he's too addicted. And he said, he said well, you know, I, I want to go to church. I want to take a dance class. I want to work out, you know, without having to worry about wow. And I said, hey, you do what Root does. <laughs> That's right. I, you know, you, I, I, I go to dance class. I, yeah. You schedule those things right. and you make a commitment to it. And WoW end up kind of, it falls by the wayside naturally because it's really not that interesting compared to real life, hopefully. Well, I typically, most of the time, I try to put, you know, activities in an order in my life. Um, and then I do. I, I absolutely 100% schedule them. And those of you who know me, like like Freckleface, have seen my phone when I get the reminders sent to my phone that include, hey, it's time to leave the office. It's time to go home. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. I schedule my day. And it's because I have to. Because if I don't, I tend to get very uh, involved with whatever I am doing at that time, whether it be programming or anything else I'm doing at the time. And if I don't have something that's going to distract me like a text message that beeps and I go look at the phone and there's a little reminder on there saying hey it's time to pack up and go home then I will stay and I will work for 60 some odd hours in a row 
Well, yeah. some of us have a hard time understanding that. I, I know, but there are others out there who listen who will, who will directly relate with exactly what I just said. So That's true. <laughs> and the fourth thing you can do, we've already talked about this, you use the in-game parental controls, you limit your time, you actually set up physical limitations that are either hard or impossible uh, to get around. I've had uh, you know, friends who have requested you know, ways to completely turn the internet, internet access off at their house for certain time periods. Uh, we, when I owned an ISP, we actually installed a lock and key mechanism with a timer in it, and we had the key to the lock at the lady's house so that the internet access at her house was only available for certain time periods every day. So it would literally break her connection, and she couldn't do anything about it because she was a, a very uh, obsessive, compulsive person, and she knew that. And she, when she first got the Internet, she knew that that was something that she would get very obsessive about. So she, she was doing that. So, you know, look at that checklist mentally. And, you know, I'm, we're not, I'm not saying that, that, you know, you need to, to quit WOW or do anything else. I'm not, this is not a negative thing. This is just something that if you meet, you know, a lot of these checkboxes, you go, holy cow, you know, maybe I am addicted to the game. We've told you, you know, admit you got a problem. Try to impose on limitations, schedule yourself something else to do, use the printed controls. Those are in there for in the game for a reason. Blizzard, they're not a bunch of dummies sitting around. They know what they've created. They know the the addiction factor that's in the game. You know, it's it's you know, it's part of the business plan, it's pure and simple. But because they know that, they provide ways to help people not be totally completely over-the-top addicted to the game. Look, loving the game and being addicted to the game are two different things. But you got to know the difference and see the difference uh, that you have. So, if you find yourself in there, just take those you know little tips to heart. You know what to do. And uh, you know if you find yourself that you need a little extra help, just ask a friend. Ask a guildmate. Ask someone at work. Ask your, you know, some one of your your family members, somebody at church, whatever the case might be. Just ask somebody. They'll, be, they'll, they'll help you out. Kind of goes along with one of those tips that you see when the loading screen is running. Yes, that there's more to life than... Or no, take everything in, in moderation, moderation. even World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, speaking of tips, don't you have an auction house tip for us this week, Root? Absolutely. What we're going to talk about this week in the auction house tip of the week is quick sells. Before you list a high gold item on the auction house, mention it in trade chat a few times. Let people know it's about to go in the auction house and for about how much. If someone is looking for that item and monitoring trade chat, you're likely to sell it to them directly without incurring any kind of auction house fees. Also, whenever you do business with someone directly, use some practical business sense. You upsell them. You know, the whole, do you want fries with that thing? Upsell that. Fast food joints do it. If someone is buying something from you, offering them something else, and making a note of their name, because doing this as long as they're in the market for your items, you can sell more stuff to them directly, and you can make more gold. For instance, if someone is looking for Titan Steel bars, why not offer them smelting services? Or if someone is looking for uh, some leather... And you know that that leather combines to make, I don't know, some item in the game. Why not offer them a gem for that item? 
anything you've got that you that you know that someone's working with, and even if you don't know what they're doing, you can ask them what, hey, what do you need, you know, this for? Well, what I need to do, I need all this stuff so I can get the next level of, of first aid. Well, hey, do you have the book? No, I don't. Well, I happen to have the book too. It's just simple business. It's a business interaction that you're having with somebody. If you establish that relationship, you'll do more and more and more in the game. See, there's, and this is, a, you know, here's a business lesson from Root to You that has, you can apply it to the game, you can apply it to your business. And that is that most people will do a, will get a customer to do a single transaction. In other words, they come in and go, hey, I want to sell you something. And they sell them something, and that is the end of the business relationship. It should be the exact opposite of that. You should do a transaction in order to gain that customer. Because once you do that one transaction and you gain that customer, that customer now trusts you and will buy from you over and over and over and over again. Provided, of course, that you keep up that relationship with that customer and you never try to cheat or swindle them. So that works inside of the game. That works in business itself. If you have someone that's looking for something on the auction house or in trade chat and you provide them that thing at a reasonable market rate, and then you upsell them or provide them something else that they're looking for at a reasonable market rate, then you can continue to sell to that person time and time and time again. When I first started in the World of Warcraft, I found a guy who was buying my stacks of copper for more money than the auction house because I was CODing it to him. So I was able to you know, mine my copper, get my 20 stacks, and send to this guy over and over again. I was literally you know, making rounds wherever I was getting my copper at, and running over to the mailbox, sending it COD. And I did this time and time and time and time and time again. And time. And time. And then one more time. because Time after time? As many times as I could. Because the, just... No, she didn't. Because the guy would continue to purchase the copper from me because I was providing a, a, a decent service to him. So, Rackerface, have you fished up anything interesting lately in the World of Warcraft? Well, I fished up Jorna's shiny copper coin. And I'm so sad that I didn't make this connection back when we were talking about Children's Week. Because I just now realized who Dorna was. Who was Dorna? Dorna is the Draenei orphan that if you're Alliance, you get to have her walk around with you. Oh, okay, cool. And the coin says, I wish that jerk Arthas would fall into a pile of Magnetar duty. 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 Nice. So she's a little kid, and when you have her as your little orphan, and you know she's got a little chat box, and you can she says random things, like uh, she'll ask you, "Does a Nauru turn on turn off the light when it goes to sleep?" Um, she'll ask you, "How do you drink and eat so much and not get fat?" Which I think is a little rude. <laughs> um, and she says, "Is the twisting nether shaped like a pretzel?" And just what is a nether? The orphan matron said I shouldn't ask people about their nethers. <laughs> so that is Dorna for you. Very cute. Um, with her cute little childish phrases. So apparently she didn't like Arthas very much either. Well, who would? This is true. This is true. So, moving on to the pronunciation ponage. What goodie do you have from your book of pronunciations this week? Well, you know, I was doing my quest in Hallingford, and I did this quest called The Depths of Depravity. Okay. And it kind of made me start thinking about that word depravity. Because being depraved is defined as being marked by corruption or evil. 
And usually when people use that word, they describe someone so evil as they're borderline insane. Like Arthas. Like Arthas. In this quest, you're in a dungeon where Argent Crusade prisoners are forced to battle against powerful gladiators. The losers of this battle are dumped into a basement where scourge necromancers turn them into ghouls. Nice. So it is a very depraved atmosphere, and you really do see the depths of depravity with this quest. So next week, we are going to be talking all about pets. Pets, pets, pets. Uh, the combat pets, non-combat pets, funny little pets, expensive pets, rare pets, cheap pets, cockroaches, and any other kind of pets that we... And what you can do with your pets. And what you can do with your pets. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, nothing. Oh, no. There are lots of things you can do with your pets. You don't even know. I don't even I will know. teach you. You I'll will. teach you everything. You will teach me everything there is to know about pets that I was afraid to ask. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll also go through your emails. You can send those in again to contribute at hearthcast.com. Use the submission guide on our website. Or hopefully a call or two. Um, any messages left on the Hearthcast ACN hotline will be automatically entered into a monthly drawing for a Swag Dog t-shirt. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the website at www.hearthcast.com. Remember, our ACN Digital Hotline is 321-558-7637, or you can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com or use our website submission form. If you like the show, let us know. You can rate us on iTunes. You can send us an email. You can tell your friends and guildmates, or even link to us from your blog, Facebook, MySpace, Face Space, My Book, My Face, or any other social networking account. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface from HearthCast.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.